Welcome, everyone, to the 2023 season episode one of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney Racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself launched on social media in 2014. Each weekly episode of the podcast offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news, notes, and a lineup of special guests throughout the year. Steve, welcome back to, now I know I said it's episode one of 2023, it's really our third season, episode 86 overall of this little Team Blaney podcast. Are you excited to be back for another year of you doing all the work, watching all the races, writing down all the notes, and me uh, just smiling and nodding as you give everybody all the information? Oh, you do more than that than that come on you know better than that <laughs> this train doesn't run without uh, without adam putting it on the tracks um but uh yeah no i'm totally 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 excited because this is uh, once again i like to talk about opportunities there's more opportunity to do something um talking during the off season about some people talking to people at Penske about some things, you know, that there's people there that thought that, uh, you know, Ryan was probably the best guy in all of cup last year. And there's some statistics, statistical things that back that up, you know, the victory is the only one that doesn't. Um, but, uh, you know, haven't, haven't gone through the last two years of this, um, really looking forward to another one. I really think that, uh, you know, at the end of one of these seasons, um, Hopefully soon uh, we have that big finale and then, uh, then we can go into the sunset, right? Yeah. So one of these times that you talk a lot of, there a lot of opportunities on the track for Ryan Blaney and team Penske. Um, but just to recap real quick. And I think we talked about this in our last episode of, of the 2022 season, but man, what a year it was for us in small time podcasting here with just the fact, you know, the, the special guests and, you know, that we had on to interview throughout the year last year, like Don Hawk and Josh Williams and Justin Bosch and, you know, just, you know, a ton of folks that, that came on to chat with us. Um, the fact that you got to go out and cover the SRX race at Sharon Speedway when, you know, Ryan and Dave were both racing in there. We got to meet up again and kind of get a behind the scenes look at things during the race weekend at Darlington. And, you know, the, we have a video up from that experience on our social media. Um, I'm just hoping that, you know, uh, more stuff like that comes along for us in 2023. And um, definitely, as you said, really, really hoping that um, this is a year where, you know, Ryan Blaney can kind of bounce back. You know, he did get that all-star victory last year, which was really exciting. But we know that, you know, deep down, uh, and it's pretty obvious, you know, he wants to win some more points paying races and he wants to back up that three win season that they had in 2021. Yeah, this is, a you know, th- there's some new and different things going to be happening. Um, some things that are supposed to be advantageous to the Fords this year with the change in the front end of the car, um, another street course, a, a road course, a street course, no less. Um, so there's just so many different things that, uh, you know, schedules, uh, you know, once again, looks perfect for, for what, uh, Ryan's goals are. Um, I just can't wait to get it going here. And, uh, you know, this, this is going to be a, a great season, great year, fun times, um, tell the neighbors and the friends and people who haven't listened to, to subscribe this year and, uh, you know, get all that content and we'll work hard at trying to get more guests, more voices, 
Um, so it's not just you and me every week, uh, you know, and it's not, that's the fun part is you tune in each week and you don't know what you're going to get. You know, uh, I've already, I already talked to Josh about, uh, coming on, uh, this year again, and, uh, he'll help us out. And, uh, we're working on some other guests. I, I know that you have a contact or two that you're working on. So, um, we'll get it going and we'll have some fun uh, along the way. You know, we'll get the big board out later on in the year and explain all the points and, you know, hopefully we'll have to explain a lot about points this year. You know, hopefully it'll all be pretty easy and self-explanatory when you're near the top or at the top all year long. So uh, can't wait for that. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. And like I said, at the top of the show on our normal weekly podcast, we're giving like an in-depth race analysis. So, um, you know, Steve's taking notes as he's listening to the races, um, listening to what the crew chief's talking about, listening to the feedback that Ryan's giving, giving, giving some, maybe some stuff you don't see on TV. Maybe, you know, this is why this pit stop was great. This is why this pit stop was bad. That's kind of like what we've been doing the last couple of years. And then also mentioned getting in some special guests. So since we don't have a race to recap, because this is the start of the season in our very first episode, uh, we are going to kick off the year with a special guest. And that special guest we're bringing on is Taylor Kitchen. Taylor is a NASCAR content creator, so you're probably familiar with her if you've been on any form of social media that's out there. Uh, She's also host of Above the Yellow Line. Uh, You can find that on YouTube and also in podcast form. Taylor, welcome to our show. Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So as I said, you're kind of all over social media, especially NASCAR social media. Um, Pretty much anything and everything people want to follow, you're on there with videos and podcasts and uh, other things on YouTube and Um, you do a lot when there's breaking news out there, giving your thoughts and opinions. And, uh, so I think a lot of our listeners and viewers here are going to be pretty familiar with your work. Yeah. Social media is kind of my home. Uh, it's literally any time of day, something happens or news breaks, even like if I'm in class, I'm always typing like a little script of like, and I'm researching, you know, what should I say? What is all the information I'm texting some of the people at Toby Christie? And I'm like, Hey, um, I want you to clarify this. Or like, do we have something out about this? I can do it. So Anytime there's news or anything just related to the sport, I always make sure I'm on it with content. Now, uh, from what I understand, you are a student and you're studying journalism um, and you're, you've probably burst into the, onto this scene, like I said, with the, the videos and podcasts and things. Um, does that kind of go hand in hand? Did one thing inspire the other or uh, how did that all get started? So what's funny is I didn't start watching a full season of NASCAR until 2017. And my first race I ever watched was in 2016. So I'm really late to the game. Um, A lot of people that do content creation have been lifelong fans, and that's just not the case for me. Um, But I started doing the Above the Online show in 2021. Um, I was really, really sick, and I really didn't have anything to do. I wasn't able to go to school and everything like that. And I'm like, well, I like NASCAR. I have nobody to talk about it with in my small town. And I was like, let's just start a podcast type thing and just see where it goes. See if we get any reception there. So and at that point, I don't think I was actually a journalism major. I think I might have at that time been a media production major. I changed majors like five times. But um, I really think I've always loved storytelling. Um, and I just never knew how to do it until I was introduced to the journalism program at my university. And um you know, kind of found that way of storytelling is what I wanted to do. I didn't want to tell fictional stories. I wanted to tell stories of real life people, what's happening. And um, with NASCAR, it just kind of clicked. Uh, so 2021, I started the channel and now here we are um, doing a lot more than I was doing in 2021, but I, I love it. How hard is it to put together even like eight minutes? I think you did one uh, earlier in the day. It was like eight minutes. I mean, how long, how hard is it to process that? Cause I know you do a lot of cutting 
a lot of um, elimination of uh, I don't know if it's dead air. I don't know what it is because it's, it's it's editing. Um, you know, how hard is it to do something like that? What I don't think people realize is how long it actually takes to edit footage. I used to make videos that were 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and I'm moving away from that because that is so much time. And nowadays an audience doesn't want to watch sometimes something that's longer than 20 minutes. It's just the short attention span. So then you move to like TikTok and stuff like that, though. I love watching content that's longer than 20 minutes. That's just me. Um, But it takes so long to edit something like for, let's say a 20 minute video, I might mess up a lot of times recording, or I might get a call from um, another worker, a partner that I'm working with, or a school thing pops up. Um, It'll take about like 45 minutes to record something that's like 20 minutes, maybe an hour. To edit it, it can take anywhere from two to three hours. If it's a creative content piece, it could take much longer. Um, And then you have to account for, you know, the research, the writing, um, the graphics that go into it. Um, And then obviously with YouTube or anything, it takes time for it to actually get into the system and post. So um, it takes quite a long time. And that's something that I don't know if viewers on the other side understand. Yeah, it's interesting because I I asked that question because I don't watch much. I do tune it in. I see, I click, I watch, but I'm I'm more of a, a podcast person. Um, with my job, I'm on the road some, I can listen to podcasts. And I've noticed when I listen to the podcast version of what you're doing, it it's, I don't want to say it sounds, it, it just, it, you can hear the cuts basically oh, yeah. because you're, you're not watching. So you're not noticing, you're just listening. And as you're listening, you can notice there's a cut, a cut, a cut, a cut, because you're trying to get from one point to the next, you know, and in a visual medium, it, it works great. You know, yeah. because you can see the person, you realize that it's changed. You realize that the, there's been movement or whatever it is. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's just kind of, I need to, I need to watch more. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's one of those things we talked about earlier when we were started off is that, um, you know, w- once you start cutting, it, you know, it, it does sound better. That's the thing about it. It does sound better. And, uh, you know, it, it's really interesting to hear uh, how, how you process that. And it is really interesting. You know, I really wanted to create a show that was able to be on both platforms. But as I realized, that's literally impossible. If you want to make a really good visual, um, almost video podcast, it's got to be geared towards video. I usually put it on the podcast thing for those listeners that want to tune in and hear my opinions, my thoughts, the information, but maybe don't have time to listen on their morning commute. I think that's really important to still give them that piece. When I started out, it was strictly just audio only. And if you go back and watch, or like, I guess, listen, it is very cringy. I didn't know what I was doing, but as time went on, I love the video aspect, the, you know, color grading, learning lighting, which is something I'm still learning how to perfect. Um, and just any video style content is something that I really geared myself towards. So when you go to make an audio only podcast or a video only podcast, you really have to think through what you're making to make sure it makes sense on that platform. So you mentioned that you got into NASCAR a little, you caught a little late to the game, but in 2017. So what brought you into the sport? And I mean, did you have any early memories before you're really a fan that you kind of, you kind of knew it existed, but yeah, what really brought you into it in the first place? My grandma, um, as far as I know, has been like a lifelong fan. As long as I can remember, she's been a fan. And every single weekend we would go over to her house most of the time and it'd be like, Hey, you can't touch the remote. Uh, it's race weekend, no changing the channel. Sorry, tough luck. Um, and so I knew NASCAR existed and obviously I, I recently did a review on the movie cars and that Mm -hmm. movie introduced me more to like the NASCAR scene. And, uh, one day in 2016, I really don't know what it was. I don't know if it was rainy outside, if I was just really bored or 
what, but um, I decided to sit down and watch favorite car. Yeah. Yes, the favorite car. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Cars three is our favorite. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I'm gonna watch it in a few weeks on a live stream and I'm very excited because it side side right in a little bit, but it's perfect. Uh, <laughs> so I mean it got me into the sport and I know I think a lot of other younger fans that got us into the sport as well. But um I decided to sit with my grandma watching in 2016 and um, it was a Xfinity race and I was really drawn in, drawn into like Chase Elliott, Elliott Sadler. And um, those were the drivers I really keyed in on. And then 2017, I had the opportunity to go to a race in person with my grandparents and that'll do it. Yep. That, that was it. I was hooked at that moment on. Um, so it was love at first sight, I guess, with racing, just being in person. Now. Um, so obviously, you know, we're, Oh, we were talking to Steve about, it, I guess, you know, we're kind of content creators too, but we're very open about the fact that we follow one specific driver and root for one specific driver. Um, and now I know as a journalist, that's, that's difficult, you know, in, in, in other mediums. Um, so before you really got into creating these videos and, and the podcasts and all this other content, did you have a, a specific driver that you're always buying t-shirts for and rooting for and cheering for, uh, before you kind of turned it more into like the journalism side of things? So I started off as a chief. Elliott fan. He was the first driver that caught my eye. And then as I went into the sport, I was like, it's always the 24 merch. Then he changed to the nine. And I was like, oh, I got to get all new merch. So yeah. I got all nine merch. Um, and then he won the championship and that was like the best day of my life. And then I feel like after that, I was like, well, Ryan Blaney's always been like my second favorite driver. Right. And as time went on, I was like, you know what? He's there for the fans all the time. He has great causes. I mean, I see him up in the media all the time. And from what I've heard about his interactions, he's very personable. And I got to meet him with, I got hot passes in 2018 and um, I don't have it in here, but I have a flag that was signed by some of the drivers when I was on pit lane at Kentucky Speedway 2018. And he was one of the first drivers to sign the flag. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's now my favorite driver. This is so cool. So ever since then, I followed him much more closely and now I have a lot more of his merch um, because of it. But um, definitely he's a driver I follow. I try to be unbiased about it. Yep. I know there's big thing with being on bias in journalism, but uh, definitely uh, started with Chase Elliott and is now more Ryan Blaney. And my friends are also Ryan Blaney fans as well. So it helps. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we definitely peaked at some uh, some things that you've shared before and notice a couple or a 12 car to, you know, up in your oh, yeah. <laughs> up on your shelf. So uh, that was really cool to see. Um, so now that you're a few years in or a couple of years into doing this, um, is this kind of your goal professionally? Do you want to stay in the NASCAR world? And do you have any any goals or next steps that you'd like to to be? What's funny is, so last summer, I got the opportunity to work with Austin Terrio, um, ARCA champion, uh, with marketing for his drivers, for his driver development program on the social media side. And that's the first time I really got to work behind the camera. And of course, for my channel, I do it all. I produce, I write, yeah. I edit, I post. Um, but I'm also still on camera for that. For this, I'm completely behind the scenes. I'm planning the content. I'm, you know, talking to the drivers during the race weekend. I'm contracting videographers to go out and record them so we can make some professional, really nice videos. Um, and I really enjoyed that. So for me, my goal for this year really is just exploring my options in the industry. I want to end up working with NASCAR, with a team, whatever it may be in the racing world. It's a matter of figuring out where I feel like my skill set works best and where I really excel and enjoy my work. Um, and obviously, I enjoy the podcast stuff and I enjoy working with the drivers. Um, but it's a lot about exploring this year and figuring out where I really want to be. But I'm always open to any opportunity. Um, I have a few interesting opportunities coming up, I believe, that I cannot talk about yet. But okay. um, 
It's good. Still, everything's just really exciting. And I'm, I'm glad to just, and lucky to be in the position I am to be able to explore like this. Yeah. I know I got to see, uh, you were at mid Ohio last year covering the, the truck series race. There. Was that for your channel? Was that for somebody else? Are you like, contracted out sometimes? Or? So um, at mid Ohio, that was my first time covering a race at the track. And I was doing an internship over the summer with the podium finish, which is where I started more so on the writing side of things. I'm Rob Tiangson, who runs that amazing organization. Um, I was able to kind of go under his wing in um, that weekend. Their photographer, he also does writing, Stephen Conley. Um, he was my mentor um, for the weekend. And actually, while I was there, he was like, yeah, I have this really cool opportunity to like kind of announce the race, go on the radio. So you're going to be the photographer. And I was like, I've never done that before. But it was a learning experience, a learning opportunity. And um it was, you know, it was through them. I got to write some articles. I got to t- talk to Justin Marks, which was super cool and ask him a few questions. But what was nice about that internship was I got to use that for my channel as well to help my brand and kind of get myself experienced and get the word about above the line out there. I got to also work in a little bit more of a professional setting and kind of seeing if writing was the way I wanted to go. But I also got to work with uh, Toby Christie. So um, you know, with freelance, you're working for so many different organizations at once. Um, mm-hmm. but it was nice to kind of be able to work with all three of those organizations, mine included with that, um, to kind of get myself a little bit more into the industry in person for the first time. Yeah. It, it's interesting is that mid Ohio is one of those kind of places too, where it's, um, a little more friendly for it. Like, uh, you know, you go to Charlotte or you go to a big track and you know, there are here's this barrier and you got to go over here and they're only allowed this much time. Whereas, um, mid Ohio, uh, we've, I've been there a couple of times now and okay. saw, saw Ryan race the Xfinity race there years ago. And you'd just be surprised how much more access and how much easier it is to get to the drivers and the crew guys and to be able to, 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 to talk to them. And, and the, 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 the not that security is lax, but security is a lot um, easier, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, You know, I was um, really thankful that was my first experience because, I mean, everyone was at Atlanta that weekend, you mm -hmm. know, covering Xfinity and Cup, and Mm -hmm. there was really nobody there to cover Trucks and Arca, and so it was a really kind of refreshing weekend to just kind of get my feet wet. There wasn't a huge, there wasn't a whole lot of pressure behind it. I was getting to meet different people and kind of take things at my own pace, and there was no stress behind it, which was really nice. So I appreciated it. Also, it's an underrated track. It's beautiful there. It's so much fun. The racing was fantastic. I thought so. It was, it was a great weekend. Yeah. The access to the drivers was amazing because yes. they had that thing at the pavilion that was just every driver. And you usually don't get that anywhere else. You, right. know, you, you go to a cup weekend and if you, maybe if you're lucky, you get two guys at the Ford performance and one at the Chevy, you know, and they might sign an autograph or two on their way off the stage, but that was super the way they did that. Uh, I mean, you had to have a ticket to get to it, but um, you know, all those people got to meet every driver they wanted to meet. And uh, that, there's, there's a lot to be said for that. That was uh, made Absolutely. it a lot easier. I know f- for you to, to get to talk and access to all those people too. So. Absolutely. Now, I've had the opportunity in my day job as a journalist to cover a handful of races at Daytona International Speedway, and then we've had a few different uh, you know, crew members from Team Penske and uh, people from some tracks and uh, uh, other racing organizations come on, and we've interviewed them. Um, so I know that, you know, kind of what the, the butterflies you can get in your stomach or how you can get a little bit nervous before doing that. Um, can you talk a little bit about your preparation and, you know, has that gotten easier over the last couple of years from maybe your first interview with kind of a big name person up to your most recent one? You know, 
for me, it never gets easier. Um, sometimes it depends on who I'm talking to. And if I've had like good social interactions with them, I'm like, all right, there's really no pressure here. Like we're on familiar terms. Like we're going to try to get Brayton Laster on the show um, from the Arca series um, after Daytona, which like we've been familiar with each other from like Twitter and everything. So I'm like, this will be like a really fun interview, like, you know, low key. Now, if it's someone like, I don't know, like if I were to interview like an Alan Bestwick, I would panic um, mm-hmm. because like, obviously, I mean, I know a little bit more about his history there and just knowing like how big of a name he is. The preparation is still the same though. I spend maybe like a few hours, like for like the week during the week, or I guess a few hours a day leading up to the interview, just making sure I have the facts, right. I know their background. I scroll through social media, making sure I have recent events in their life that I could probably highlight or pull from. And when I go into an interview, I try not to focus a lot on the stats and kind of the, um, you know, career highlights, I like to focus on the person. Um, and I think part of that has to do with me being new to the sport and kind of just wanting to learn a little bit more about the people in the industry as people, as opposed to, you know, their great achievements, which I want to learn, but it's also like, you know, behind the helmet, behind whatever, you know, who are you as a person and what do you value? So, um, the butterflies never cease to exist. Um, sometimes they get worse as time goes on, but the preparation always stays the same. Now you mentioned an ARCA driver there that you're trying to get on, but I know there's another ARCA driver there that people are really interested in this year. And I know you've done a a video or two on, and that's Frankie Munez, the actor. And I was wondering if, if you already have your wheels turning on trying to get him on, on one of your programs there, because I think he has a really, really interesting story. And the fact that, you know, I saw him race in i I'm not even sure what series it was, but it was a support series for the cart series at Burke Lakefront airport in Cleveland. And this is probably like 10, and probably more than 10, probably 15, maybe 18 years ago. So he's been racing for a long time. And I don't think people really know that. So it, it was kind of sad to see, you know, a lot of these news reports coming out that he's going to run an ARCA and people kind of thinking it's a joke. And it's like, no, Frankie's a serious driver. And I think that you would be one of the perfect people to maybe get a, to get an interview with him and kind of tell that story. I would love to interview him. I know I'll be at Mid-Ohio this year. Um, He'll be at Mid-Ohio. And I'm like, maybe we can link up. I get just do the introduction and be like, hey, you know, here's my business card. Love to have you on the show. So um, he's definitely a a driver that I'd love to talk about. Just knowing he does have a history in racing and knowing his, you know, his acting career and kind of how that plays into where he is now. But it, it is true. I mean, nobody really knows that he's a racer. And the interesting piece of it too is, you know, with him, a big name now being an ARCA that might draw in more eyes to ARCA this year. That's another storyline to talk about. Watch their viewership going up. So um, he would be someone really cool to interview. Uh, just, I just got to make it happen. But that's definitely on my list for this year. So um, we're getting uh, ready this week at the end of this week. Uh, NASCAR season is kind of unofficially kicking off as we head for an exhibition race at the LA Coliseum, the second year that they're running the Clash. Uh, but first of all, are you excited just for the start of another season. Like I've already been getting, I went to the roar before the 24. I'm gone to the, the 24 hours uh, race as well. Um, pretty much any racing that I can get to down here right now, which luckily in Florida, there's a lot still. Um, I'm just been trying to get to anything, just trying to bridge that gap to NASCAR starting. So are you feeling that same sort of excitement for this year? Oh yeah. I'm excited. Every year brings different storylines, new things to watch. And I think this year there's a lot more to watch than we thought originally um which is exciting and during the off season it wasn't really an off season because there was so much news coming out so it's kind of just 
for me, that's what bridged the gap going into this year. I wasn't able to go to races, which really sucks. Uh, I would have loved to, but uh, definitely ready for 2023, some new storylines, new personalities, and also maybe some new rivalries to discuss, which would be kind of refreshing. Uh, so I'm ready. So talking about the clash, uh, this is the second year, as I mentioned, that they're going to do this, or they're building an entire quarter mile racetrack inside of the LA Coliseum. Um, a lot of doubters going into the race last year. Uh, again, people kind of thinking it was a publicity stunt or it was going to be a joke or the racing wasn't going to be that good. Um, as far as attendance went, yeah, it wasn't a sellout, but I thought the the crowd last year was pretty amazing. They had the concerts before and in the middle of the race. Uh, what were your thoughts on this first version of the clash last year? And did you think it was a good idea to go back again for a second year? I like to not judge something before it actually happens. That's my take with the Chicago street course this year, though I'm very mm-hmm. apprehensive about it. Uh, that was my take with the Coliseum. I was not a fan. However, I thought it was a pretty good time for what the event was meant to do. It was a success. It was good on the marketing side of things. Sure, the product on the track might have needed to be a little better. There's things that need to be worked out. I could say the same thing for Bristol Dirt. The first year was, I mean, to be quite blunt, bad. I think the second year that we went back and I mean, it was really, it was pretty decent. We know NASCAR learned and I think this year will be, you know, them learning and will be better. I am concerned about the field size though, for this, they expanded it. That doesn't make me happy. And I feel like that's a lot more room for chaos that we don't really need, but I am excited for it. Looking forward to it. And I think what was Khalifa is like the halftime performance. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That should be interesting too. So uh, we'll see. And pro- hopefully more, um, Lots and seats going into the weekend. So uh, that it'll be interesting one for sure. So you're right. They did expand the field for this year's clash uh, last season. Uh, there were 23 starters this year. It looks like there's going to be 27 starters. Obviously uh, Joey Logano kind of went on to, to win that race, which he's been really, really good. So watch for at, at you know, inaugural races. So watch for him at the Chicago street course. Uh, but he went and won the clash last year. It was a, it was an interesting race and you're talking about expanding the field. And I wonder if that has to do with the fact that there were some pretty big name guys that didn't make uh, the, I would like to call it the a main just cause I'm from the, the dirt and short track world, but they didn't make the feature. They didn't make the, the, the main event. And that like was like Brad Keselowski and Kurt Busch and Ross Chastain. Um, I think Truex would have missed the field, but I think he got in on a points provisional. So do you think they expanded the field because of the fact that a couple, you know, big, guys with big teams with big sponsors didn't make the didn't make the show oh absolutely and also just i mean yeah you want to see your favorite driver in the clash and you don't want to bring your whole team that whole way just to not make it so for that side of things i think it was a good idea to expand the field just you know you could see your favorite driver and those teams don't waste a trip so this is a blaney podcast so we are going to talk a little bit about ryan's uh run last year uh so he started the the main event in 13th place uh, ended up finishing 17th, but he had a very interesting race. Uh, <laughs> he he ran mid pack for much of the race, uh, did eventually get up towards the front, and I believe was running seventh or eighth uh, with Eric Jones. And the two of them have a hist- a little bit of a history on track. Maybe like hardcore Blaney fans really know just from always paying attention to that. It's not really like this big rivalry outside of maybe a few of us that have paid <laughs> that have noticed it. Uh, but it kind of kicked off uh, the year on on a sour note between the two of them. And then he kind of uh, famously, uh, you know, was went to the infield, uh, hopped out of his car, hopped over a wall that uh, some people have seen a little bit on video. One of uh, one of the other Blaney related uh, Twitter 
followers was actually at the race and caught a little bit of a video of him leaping over the wall and he chucks his Hans device at Eric Jones's car. Um, but they go to restart the race. There's immediately a caution again and the team fixed his car. So Ryan actually gets out and goes out and ends up finishing the race still on the, uh, he was a, I think he did end up a couple of laps down, but he still finished 17th. So Ryan had a very eventful race. So I want to know between Steve and Taylor, do you think uh, there were some lessons learned there? And do you think Ryan might have a little bit better shot when it goes into the race this year? Or do you think it's still just wild and unknown? Go ahead, Steve. Oh, geez. I, I, for me, it's just, <laughs> there's just, it's too tight of quarters for, for not somebody to not hit somebody sooner or later. And it it's the, the, you know, the Chrome shoehorn, uh, you know, just come up on them behind him. If you have a little more car and you can loosen them up, you're going to. And unfortunately we found out with these cars last year that they don't loosen up when you hit them from behind. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so you end up following them longer than you want to sometimes. So yeah, I, it, it just, it's going to be one of those things where once the pay window opens, you're going to see a bunch of guys just get get crazy with each other with a couple laps to go probably and hopefully it's not something that mars the, the event you know yeah i just don't want people to get hurt i yeah. mean we saw enough of that last year and enough is pushing it there was way too much of it um so i think just keeping in perspective i know it's the opening event for the year it sets the tone do you want to set your team on a bad tone or do you want to leave with like a pretty decent car you know ready to start the season i don't know if it was bad for Ryan Blaney to start with a little bit of frustration, a little bit of a rivalry with Jones or not, if that's what made the year not the best. <laughs> um, but we'll have to see for these drivers. Just They have to just keep in mind the perspective that it's the first race, it's non-points, and then just through the rest of their season. Quite honestly, that set the tone for Ryan's season. He was a different Ryan Blaney, I think, in 2022. <laughs> and we talked a lot about that in the first few episodes of the podcast, I was like, you're seeing a totally different Ryan this year. Uh, he is a little bit feisty. He is a little bit angrier. Um, we know, and Steve knows from listening on the radio, he's always a little bit angry on the radio. If you listen oh, yeah. to him week to week, but he's not usually that same person outside of the car. And we actually did see that spill over a little bit. Now, some of that's probably frustration and the fact that he didn't get to victory lane after a year, a breakout year where he, where he won three races you know, shut out except for uh, the all-star race, which for us was still pretty awesome, uh, but didn't get that points win. So the, I think the frustration kept building, but really, yeah, just thinking about it, going all the way back to the clash and seeing him do something he's never really done before. Um, and unfortunately, like I said, there's not really great video footage of it. So there's not, he's not going to be like on all these ads or stuff for this year's clash, <laughs> throwing his Hans device, but we know what happened. He had it in his hand, the video cut, and then it ended up on the track. So, <laughs> so we do know that that happened. Um, so the teams themselves that are going into this race last year is a ton of unknowns with the next gen car. So I think one thing that they do have going for them is the fact that they have a little bit of a notebook from running some short tracks earlier. Now, this is a short track, unlike any other that they've run, but I think maybe the cars might run a little bit better. The drivers might be a little bit more used to the brakes package because, you know, before, um, their brakes didn't break as hard as they do now. Um, so I think they have that going for them. But you mentioned a uh, safety aspect and being worried about drivers being injured. There were a couple pretty hard crashes in this race last year. The difference that this year's going to have have is that rear click the rear clip of the car has been redesigned. And I think there's a few accidents last year where you know we were kind of shocked at how hard these guys had hit the wall and even backed into the wall and just kept going. 
I do think this year there might be a little bit more attrition with some cars actually being damaged because there is a bigger rear crumple zone in them. Yeah, they, you know, they did a lot of testing as the year went on last year. The question is how much more testing is going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. And do the drivers get to see those results quickly? Like last year, there was a lot of um, intrigue behind who got to see the results and what the results actually were. But I guess, I guess there's this, like you said, the rear clip, the improvements are there. And it's supposed to help with that impact because it was the rear impact that was really the one that was, was, was causing the, uh, the concussions, which was really weird. You would think that any other kind of hit would, could do it too, but it was literally backing into a wall and backing into a wall usually wasn't a big deal back in the past. It never looked quite that bad. And even these ones that happened last year were even Kurt, Kurt Bush's, you know, injury. It didn't look like it was that bad of a hit, but you know, it was more than enough to, you know, so hopefully this year, um, you know, we were not going to see it at the Coliseum as, you know, they'll tear the race car up, tearing each other up, you know, yeah. side, hitting each other in the side door and stuff. Um, but that, uh, first, uh, first weekend at Daytona there, it'll be real interesting to see, um, hopefully nothing really bad happens and uh, hopefully the, the, the improvements are there. So if people do want to tune into this year, the second, uh, clash at the Coliseum Sunday, February 5th. 8 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. You can also listen to it on MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. There's going to be qualifying on Saturday. The race is on Sunday. There's going to be four heat races. Again, 26 cars will uh, advance from qualifying in the heat races. A 27th person is going to get in on a points provisional. And uh, we're hoping that the the 12 team will make that show. It's going to be a little bit easier with the extended field, uh, but we're hoping that Ryan maybe can get up there, get a heat race win, uh, qualify in on his on his own without having to rely on that provisional so taylor we really want to thank you for joining us on the team blaney podcast where can people find you on all the different social medias and all follow your videos maybe where's the best place they that they could follow your video or you just think you, they should follow you everywhere everywhere um <laughs> but if you want to follow the actual videos um toby christie.com like toby christie.com is the best place on youtube or on facebook um but my main hub i would say is twitter it's at underscore taylor kitchen underscore that's where i'm active all race weekend following all the action tweeting about it any news i'm talking about it on there so that's the probably the best place to find me um and then at above the line on really any social media platform as well Steve, I think we kicked off the year pretty well with our very first special guest of the season right off the bat. I really thought it was very interesting to learn a little bit more about Taylor, see her videos all over the place on Facebook and Twitter, and was always interested to hear what her story was. And I was really glad we kind of got to share that uh, with our listeners. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, different angles. You know, we we try to, you know, not just say, you know, what we know, but uh, to to have different people on and uh and how they view the sport from a different angle is something to interesting to find out uh really interesting to hear about about how she creates the content and uh it's really cool to tune in each week uh, and each you know she's on a couple times a week and in a couple different mediums uh you know so uh like i said go to go to her twitter find her there and then uh, catch every link that she puts out on all the, all the different things that she puts online because it's uh, it's great stuff um, and it was great to find out that she's actually a, a Bellini fan, even though she won't, uh, 
know, <laughs> let it bias her too much, you know. Yeah, she has to stay unbiased in, in most of her normal reporting, but it was really good to see that, you know, she does have some Ryan gear hanging around and some die cast. So, so thank you, Taylor, and thank you, everyone, all the listeners, once again, for tuning into this episode, our first episode of the year of the Team Blaney podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, just listen to our very first episode that explores our Blaney racing fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at Team Blaney, you know, on Instagram at team.blaney. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. Established in 2018, this organization supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine through fundraisers, events, and membership in the Blaney Bunch Fan Club. To learn more, visit RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And from what I understand, and I think they've already put some stuff out there, Blaney Bunch Fan Club has been reformatted for 2023 um, at a different price point, which I think it opens up to a lot of people and some really, really cool stuff they have planned. So uh, we hope to bring you more about that in the future. Yeah, that was 30 bucks, I think, uh, per membership. I think it was. And they're already, I saw um, some stuff with Dale's already signing some hero cards and stuff like that. So I'm sure they're going to get some great stuff out to the fans. Um, So if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe to that. You know, and hopefully we'll have some people on from the fan club or from uh, the foundation as the year goes on too. And then talking about some of their events uh, this year. Absolutely. So for my co-host, Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the team Blaney podcast. Good night, Brussels. Good night, Dublin. And good night, India. Well, thanks everybody for coming. Hope you enjoyed it.